time for another edition of the Eskimos podcast. My name is Mark Majot. Thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing. We hope you have as much fun listening to these as we have putting them on. We are going to go behind the scenes in this week's edition of the podcast. We're going to be joined by two very important members of the Eskimos support staff. We're going to be joined by Graham Scott and Dan Rosno. They're assistant equipment managers. You might not know the names, but you've definitely seen the faces if you're at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, we'll see these two gents on the sidelines. If you're watching games on TSN, you will see them. They are assistant equipment managers. They work with the legend Dwayne Mandrusiak, and these guys help outfit your Edmonton Eskimos. If it's snowy outside, these are the guys that are getting them new cleats, new gloves, all that stuff. If it's rainy, these guys are sometimes the most popular guys in the locker room. They have a ton of stories behind the scenes. These guys work so hard as soon as the plane lands sometimes the players go to sleep and these guys head straight to work so these guys put in a lot of hours a lot of tough work and they got some good stories to tell let's get to my conversation now with graham scott and dan rosno well a special location for this edition of the eskimo podcast we're in the equipment room and we're joined by two stars of the equipment staff mr graham scott and dan rosno graham dan how are you good good good, good. good. we have a bit of a peanut gallery here yeah. Yeah, we have uh, Dwayne is just over the window just beside us, and he has a huge smile on her on his face. And now he's leaving because he refuses to do the podcast. He's been yeah. refusing for two years to do the podcast. We can't get him on. He, Price tag's too high. That's what I keep hearing. So, uh, Nonetheless, well, I'm sure we'll get into some Dwayne stories later on. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. I know we're in the middle of a week right now. You guys are very busy, but you guys have a very important job that I know a lot of the fans probably see you guys on TV. They see you when they come to the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. They know your faces, but they might not know exactly uh, what you do. Dan, you and I did a couple of videos earlier this year, so we got to see kind of behind the scenes. But Graham, we'll just start with you. Um, how does a kid from St. Albert end up an assistant equipment manager with the Edmonton Eskimos? You've been doing this for a long time, haven't you? Yeah. Or have you been around the team for a long yeah, time? Yeah, so I've been around the team for a long time. I kind of I kind of lucked out. Um, Rob Strecker, who is a teacher at Paul Kane, he's now the head coach of the Paul Kane Blues football team. Uh, he was my homeroom teacher. And um, he, well, the Eskimos needed a, a water boy for the day. So... Rob asked if I wanted to to uh, help out, and I I jumped at the opportunity. So in, in my very first game, I was working as hard as I could, and I had two water bottles, but I hadn't screwed on the lids yet, and uh, they were just resting right by the table, right right near me. And uh, Streck came down, and he went to grab a sip of water, and uh, the the <laughs> bottle obviously fell on him, and the lid fell, and he just kind of. Turned red and what what the heck, Graham? Right, <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of shaking in my boots a little bit, and I look over and Dwayne is laughing, and he says, "You can stay here, kid." <laughs> so so that so that was uh, that was when I was in about grade eight. Oh wow! And uh, so so now fast forward, I'm 31 years old, and uh, kind of in and uh, in and around the team, and through university, I wasn't around too much, but. Dwayne gave me a call a couple couple years after I graduated university, and uh, I've been on since, so that's about six years full-time. You get to work with a legend, Dwayne Mandrusiak. I get to work with a legend, producer Trent, <laughs> and actually going behind the curtains, you are actually producer Trent's rugby coach for a couple years, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I helped out uh, producer Trent in uh, Lauren Aikens, and, and uh, did I ever, I don't think I ever helped you out in Paul Kane, did I? A little so bit, just a little yeah. bit. So, because you, you are a rugby player, correct? Yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I guess my, I guess my big sport, if I was to say, it would be a rugby player, and okay. that, that's kind of my background. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dan, same with you. I, I know you a little bit, but I don't know exactly what brought you to the Edmonton Eskimos football organization. How, how many years has this been for you now? This is season six. Season six, this okay. This is my fifth down here. My first year I was upstairs. Okay. With Trent's area. Oh, really? Okay. So you were in the soft area back yeah, with, with, with the, all the suits. The suit area. Okay. Uh, what was your background? What, what led you to come down here and start working with Dwayne? Um, so my background, I started working in baseball at AAA level for the Trappers here in okay. town when I was 14. And I stayed with them until they left, what would have been 2004, so roughly about 15 years I was there. And when I left there, I'd been started as a groundskeeper and I left, I was uh, the head equipment manager, so okay. clubby. And then took a few years off doing other things and then I got back into equipment stuff with uh, FC Edmonton. Was there for three years and then found my way here, just kind of. Found a way in and then worked my way downstairs. What's it like working for pro baseball AAA? I know there's a generation of Edmontonians probably listening to this that don't really remember the Trappers, which is weird to say, but they were a AAA team and they were a pretty good team. Well, what were those years like? Yeah, it's unfortunate AAA is not here yeah, anymore. Yeah, it is. It is, uh, you know what, probably to this day, the best job I ever had. Like, phenomenal. Like, it's busy. Graham knows he worked in baseball as well. Mm -hmm. You don't really, I mean, here you don't get a day off, but there you really don't get a day off. Like you play every day, you're traveling, but yeah. uh, it, it was amazing just to see some of the, the guys that went through. Like we've had lots of guys that are, went on to great careers in uh, Major League Baseball and stuff. Mm -hmm. So was, yeah, I wouldn't change it. It was fun. So for both of you guys, you know, you hear coaches say their off season starts the second the championship game ends. They're already at work. When does you, like when did your 2019 season begin? Graham, I'll, I'll start with you. So, so I guess for for us, we kind of, Dwayne and I traveled down to the AFCA, American Football Coaches Association Conference, and uh, it, it's a traveling conference show that uh, it has absolutely every everything. So Under Armour's there, Adidas is there, Nike's there, uh, football manufacturers, Riddell, Shutt is there, uh, and then it goes to video, um, weight equipment is there, you name it, they have it there. And so Dwayne and I, and all the equipment managers actually, uh, we of the CFL, we we walk the show, and uh, we kind of see what's the upcoming product that's coming through uh, for the next season, and then when we get back, we kind of make our shopping list and what we're going to order. So I think uh, second week of January is the AFCA, so probably second week of January is when it uh, we start making our orders and start getting ready. Are there players? I guess I'll start with you, Dan. Are there players that are blowing you up in the offseason, sending you links to new stuff? Or are a lot of the guys, and Graham, you can drop in too, or do guys just kind of show up and they're given what's in their locker when they arrive? Or is it both? A little bit of both. We have guys working here, working out here all year yeah. round. So they'll come in and say, oh, I saw so-and-so in the NFL wearing this helmet. Are we getting this helmet in? Or they come in with their swag, what they want to call it. We, uh, we, kinda we don't really deter them, but we <laughs> say, this is what we order, this is what you get kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I, th I think I think CJ Gable is is a guy that he's kind of looking. He's already said like the NFL is wearing a new type of pant. Okay. And uh, so he's kind of pointed that out to me, and I've kind of looked at it. And so again, once once I go to that AFCA conference, I'll I'll talk to our pant manufacturer that does a lot of the NFL teams as well, and we'll see what we can do. You mentioned when you go to that conference, every single manager in the CFL is their equipment manager. What kind of relationships do you guys have league-wide? Obviously, every team comes to Edmonton at least once, but you're going to every city at least once. I would imagine it's a collaborative 
effort as you guys aren't playing on the field, but you guys essentially do the same job. Do you work together in certain aspects? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we have a great relationship with all the equipment managers. Um, it's it's such a unique position that we all know what each other is battling on a day to day basis. And there's only nine of us yeah. or nine teams, I guess, and the 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 equipment team within each team. So uh, we we do get along really good. Uh, I know we went to Winnipeg for a playoff game. I unless I'm making this up, but, uh, <laughs> but um, Brandon Zolstra forgot a pair of shoes. And if my memory serves me correctly, I, th- I think it was a playoff game, and, and we kind of said, hey, one of our players forgot a pair of shoes. And, and Brad Foddy over there said, yeah, what size? And it was no problem. He, he lent one of our best receivers a pair of shoes so that he could play a, play a football game. So If we look back and find the footage, was he wearing blue and gold shoes that game? They would have been spray-painted black. Okay, but, smart. Uh, yeah, so he would have been wearing uh, green and gold shoes all year, and for that game, okay. you'd, you'd be able to find a pair of black spray-painted shoes. <laughs> Dan, how often does that happen where a guy says, oh, I forgot my shoes, or I forgot my gloves? Does it happen often? <laughs> Daily. Daily, yeah. yeah. We had, even last trip, we had three guys missing shoes or <laughs> missing gloves or missing, missing a sweatshirt, you name it. They, somehow it's always our fault, but uh, <laughs> we managed to make it through without any issues. So your season kind of officially gets unofficially going in the middle of January. When the players start rolling in for training camp, is that Christmas Day or is it the first day of school? Christmas Day, I mean, it's exciting, it's going on, or is it the first day of school knowing, oh, I have 10 months of action wall-to-wall? Because I imagine there's not a lot of breaks once training camp begins. I'd, I'd, I'd say it's... Uh, can I mix those two days course, together? please, yes. Yeah, so... Uh, of course, there's a lot of excitement with all the boys getting back together, and uh, it's fun to see all your friends again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know that uh, it's pedal to the metal. And how many guys do we have at training camp this year? Did we have almost 100? Almo- almost 100 guys. And that's 100 guys with 100 different needs. Yes. 100 different For almost needs. everything, right? Yeah. And uh, to start off training camp, it was just the three of us. So wow. Dwayne, Dan, and myself. So uh, you, you make those numbers. That's about 33 guys a person. And that's pretty, pretty it's crazy. A lot. Yeah, it's a lot to try to keep in order who wants what, when they need it, when they want it. So when training camp is going on, obviously when they're out on the field, are you just monitoring to make sure everything's good? Or is there something that is, I guess there's always something you guys could or should be doing. Is that fair to say? Rather than it's recording a podcast with me, there's something you could be doing right now. <laughs> as our boss, as our boss stares at over us. at us. Glaring at us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's honestly a 24 hour job. Yeah. Like if, if we really wanted, we could, we could stay here all, all day, all night mm-hmm. and there would be something that we could achieve. Um, but it's, it's about managing your priorities and, um, making the best of your time. What are some of the differences? I want to go kind of some game to game now. Um, we're recording this in between a road and a home game. So let's take us through the prep of a home game. Obviously, I'm assuming it's a little bit easier than being on the road as everything is here. But take us through kind of a home game week and what that that will entail. Obviously, they get a day off. But once day one officially hits, is it something new every single day? Uh, like, do you have a set? Like, I'm just trying to say, can you predict certain things are going to happen on certain days? The schedules, like practice-wise, is pretty similar yeah. every okay. from week to week, whether you're home game or road game. It just what changes is when you get closer to game day. Mm-hmm. So on a home for this week, you know, we know – Day four is Friday. So that after day four practice, which is usually just a walkthrough, 
we'll start game prepping during the day before okay. practice, whether it's getting the jerseys ready, pants organized, game bags organized, that kind of stuff. And we know because we're at home, we don't have to prep as much because everything's here. And then we'll come in five hours before kickoff on game day and make sure everything's set up. And then we just kind of do things as it comes to us. And when you're also at home, you also help out the road team coming in. And I believe you're also in charge of dealing with the officials, correct? Yeah, so uh, that's that's something that we have to do. We have a, a, a neat little uh, it's a dial it down uh, where it's digital. So we have to make sure that's plugged in for the officials. Okay. Uh, make sure that they have their towels. Make sure that they have their bibs, um, their chains, obviously. Um, and then we kind of set up a locker for each official as okay. well so that they'll have a... They'll have their locker name bar above their lockers. Just make it feel like it's a little bit more professional, right? I once heard a story from uh, Bud Steen where he was freezing and had to put pantyhose over his face when it was really cold. <laughs> have you ever had to give an official pantyhose? <laughs> uh, not yet. Not yet? Okay. I don't know where you're finding pantyhose yeah. in this locker room. Okay. I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> so taking care of the official, obviously it's not much. You just want to make sure they're comfortable, right? Yeah. Just try to keep, make, make, keep them happy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we, we've, they have a fridge in there, and we make sure that it's filled with uh, soda and some water and stuff. Okay. And, and they, if uh, an official has a hurt ankle or something, he'll go over to the home trainers, mm -hmm. and the home trainers will do the treatment or tape the, that official's ankle. What kind of relationship do you have with the with the Eskimos trainers? Obviously, you have to talk to them about players' needs and whatsoever. Is this just on a need-to-know basis? Or are you working in collaboration with saying, hey, so-and-so has a hurt leg. Can you, is there anything we can do for that? Is, is there much of that that goes on? For, Not for, really. For, no? Like, okay. for in terms of, like, we're constant communication with them. Yeah. Like, we do a lot of our stuff in the locker room together. But when it comes to injuries and stuff, we just let them do. Okay. And we'll ask questions, but at no point do we delve into like why certain okay. people are hurt or what their yeah. routine may be. But yeah, I think, I think if, uh, if there might be an injured shoulder or something, they might come to us and just uh, see what we can do for that shoulder or anything. Okay. If, if there's an injured rib, we might get a rib pad. But okay. for the most part, it's, it's, it's fairly easy. And that, that communication is – we have such a good open communication with them that uh, it doesn't even feel like we're working with an injured athlete no. uh, equipment side. For a home game, how often does someone have to run into this room and grab something? Does it happen often? <laughs> Fingers uh, crossed, never. <laughs> Fingers crossed, never. Depends okay. how prepared we are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, I think, one of the last times I had to run in, we had a player's, uh, Nick Usher's jersey. Uh, it ripped from the armpit all the way down oh. to, to the seam. Uh, so he was basically wearing a bib. <laughs> uh so with, with that one, it's, that's tough to do a sideline sew with sure. a little bit of shoelace. So I, I ran inside and I grabbed his extra jersey that we have hanging in the back. So obviously we can't bring out uh, 45 extra uniforms. So there might be times where you have to make a run in, but few and far between. Has there ever been a situation where someone's given you a jersey or something and you're just like, how did you, like, what happened? Like, is there some type of like, what in the name of, did you do to this jersey? I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at Dwayne here. This is one of my first first years as uh, an assistant with Dwayne. Uh, Amando Sewell. Do you remember Dwayne when he broke his uh, dark visor, and it, his right above his eye? So if you can imagine a, a visor over a player's face, and a perfect cutout around his eye of the plastic that shattered. Oh wow! And. Uh, Dwayne, I don't think you've ever seen that, and I've never seen that. But that, w that was uh, 
that was something that I said, how did that happen? Yeah. Like, and he, he, and no, no eye injury, thank goodness. And, uh, we, we took off the visor, replaced it. We have extra visors on the sideline and, uh, he was good to go for the next play. But, uh, that was something that I looked at and I said, holy crap. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense how that even happened. The, a face mask or the top of a helmet hit his visor oh, perfectly. Wow. Wow. And as I say, the, the fact that it, a piece of plastic didn't hit him in the face was nothing but a miracle. Uh, when you guys are preparing for a game on the road, um, is there much difference from going to Calgary or is there to going to Ottawa or is a road game a road game? Road game is pretty much a road game. The yeah. only thing difference yeah. from a Calgary to an Ottawa is well, bus as, as opposed to yeah, fly. fly. Okay. But in terms of what we take, we take the same amount of stuff. And depending on what year or what time of year it is, we may have to take more. Like the last trip, we'll take, we'll prepare for rain, prepare yeah. for snow as it get, as the season gets on. But yeah, we pretty much have a set amount of like trunks and stuff that we take, and it's pretty similar to every game. Yeah, I, I guess adding on to that, when I think of BC, we we know except for BC. Yeah, yeah that. We don't need our winter jackets yeah. and stuff for BC because it's an indoor facility. That's the only indoor one, I believe, right? Right. Yeah. So. Unless a playoff game might get played in Montreal in like the Big O mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. Skydome, but that's rare. Throwing it way back with the Skydome right. reference. I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> how, how long does it take you guys to pack for a road trip? You mentioned you have a few trunks. Is it day before or is it a couple days? Are you in communication? Graham and I try to... Uh, as we know, the road trips come, we'll do a little bit every day. Yeah, okay. We don't like to do everything at the end because we'll forget something for sure. Whereas we'll do a little bit every day, get it ready, and then kind of do a walkthrough day before, day like two days before, make sure we have everything. Yeah. We have a checklist that we kind of, we just walk our aisles and make sure everything's there. So yeah. come, come, when it comes time to pack, we're pretty much ready to go. Yeah. We kind of have like an aisle that's all an all road aisle. Yeah. So we can open up that aisle and, uh, and kind of see for ourselves that we've packed everything. Okay. So that makes it fairly easy. Which they'd how notice if they watch the Sentinel self-storage. Oh, look at that in promotion. <laughs> You're going to try to take my job, aren't you? <laughs> I love it. Nice I plug. absolutely love it. Uh, we're catching you guys at an interesting day. Obviously, you're preparing for a home game, but it's starting to get cold. There is some snow in my vehicle this morning, a bit of snow on the ground. I'm assuming you guys are checking the weather before you go to bed and, and when you wake up. But what's that first snowfall like? Especially this is the first year the Eskimos have a couple global players, a couple from, from uh, Mexico. How was the first snow practice? It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie. It's awful for us. It's awful for the players. We know what we're going to have to deal with when they get here, where it's I need more tights. I need a long sleeve shirt. I need a balaclava. I need hand warmers. And we get it. It's, mm. It is cold out there. And today was a cool day. That wind was crazy. But uh, – we know what to expect. It still sucks, but we know what to expect. Is there a player who, again, like you see it all the time, especially in guys warming up. Is there someone out there today going sleeveless or in a short sleeve shirt that you're still, like, how do you not catch a cold? Yeah. Well, Matty O'Donnell, well, he'll go sleeve. He'll just, same practice gear he wears in the middle of summer, he'll wear in winter. Really? Yeah. I noticed and James even, Tuck as well. And even the international, in Diego. Diego, Diego just had a, t-shirt, just t-shirt and shorts. shorts, so that was impressive. Because he was saying that the weather here is kind of similar to what they play up in in, uh, in Mexico or down in Mexico, <laughs> if my geography is correct. I don't know how that works <laughs> out, but he said Mexico does get a little chilly, so they they should be used to it. That I was I had that conversation with him uh, mid September maybe that we had a we had a terrible rainy September day, and he said that that was similar to Mexico City, the temperature in Mexico wow. City. <laughs> So that was uh, that was news to me. I guess yeah. I didn't know that. 
But is, I, he said climate-wise, it was similar. Is there a game that sticks out? I'll ask you both this. Is there a game that sticks out in either of your memory? Just an atrocious bad weather game that, for like for whatever reason, you had fun, but it was, I can't wait for this clock to hit four zeros, and I can pack up my trunk and get the heck out of here. Uh, I Saskatchewan last year near the end of the season that was a pretty cold game yeah I, I don't know what the temperature was but that was one of those days that I was kind of waiting for the clock to just hit yeah just waiting to I was I was cold and miserable <laughs> I think the one game you guys were out in Montreal when it just rained non-stop was I mean it wasn't cold but you guys were soaked oh, like, yeah. that was awful is, is I was rain, glad I was home yeah like is rain obviously snow is colder but is rain cut some of the worst stuff if it just doesn't stop the, so the problem with the rain is that it uh, completely obliterates our footballs. Oh, okay. And uh, so obviously the leather gets wet and then the football gets heavy and then the football is essentially garbage. Yeah. So uh, our prep work with a football probably takes us half an hour per ball to get it game ready. And then practice-wise, the quarterbacks like yeah. it, two or three practices. It goes wow. through quite a process before it gets to a game. So to lose... Either, even a practice ball, but to lose a game ball because of the rain is pretty miserable. You'd hate to lose a game ball when a player throws it in the crowd, but you really hate to lose it when it rains, right? Yeah, usually. Our boss really hates <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're starting to see some more uh, newer stadiums pop up in the CFL. Saskatchewan's is new. Winnipeg's just a couple uh, years. Ottawa's still relatively new. When you're going into those ones, do you find, is there a difference in some of the newer ones? Like, is the road dressing room a little bit bigger than, say, uh, McMahon or the old mosaic? Like, is it? kind of not a bonus but is it refreshing to see some of those uh newer stadiums and the, the the amenities that you guys have yeah it's we look forward to some of them like winnipeg i think in my mind is probably the best yep, place okay. for, us. for sure it has the biggest biggest locker room for visitor wise and setups really good for us like it's we go there for i think the last two years we've been there for preseason mm-hmm. where you've carried extra guys and you don't feel cramped in you don't feel clustered it's actually quite nice other stadiums there like montreal is probably not the greatest yeah montreal <laughs> has the size of our room right here. yeah there's, <laughs> there, there's not a lot of room in montreal were either of you a part of games at the big o no that no, was so before my time before your time, time. so you're, okay can't speak to that well that's fair because we're, we're starting to see like i i think you guys have <laughs> enough room here but i've heard stories about especially mcmahon like just some of the older ones how they were built so long ago that they can't really uh, keep up with it. Uh, your boss is still hovering over <laughs> our shoulder, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions about him now. <laughs> He's cracking a smile now. One of <laughs> the most popular people in this franchise. You get to work with him every single day. One of the first things I was told when I arrived at this organization is there's only one person above the logo, and it's the guy in the back. Uh, what's it like working with Dwayne every single day? Is there a couple ticks or a couple things that he has every single day that's... Don't be nervous. I hope looking for a new job after this podcast airs. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know what he's he's an absolute legend. Yes. Like with 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 him being right over my shoulder or not. Like I'd <laughs> I'd say the exact same thing. Like he's he's been amazing as a boss. Like he's he isn't uh, he is <laughs> he's making me laugh. <laughs> uh, he he is he isn't afraid to show us how to do it properly mm-hmm. and how to do it. Uh, he he knows exactly what he's what he what needs to be achieved and how how to do it. As I say. Uh, and he's been here for 49 years. Like, there, there's a testament to how hard he works and to, to his knowledge of the game to, to why he stayed here for so long. He strikes me as a guy who will never ask you to do a job he either A, hasn't done or wouldn't do himself. I've seen him stickering helmets here kind of 
all, all afternoon, Dan. Is, is that fair to say? He's done everything. Yeah, I mean, when you've been here as long as he has, you're going to be done it. Do everything, and at no point does he make it feel like it's our job to do things or make us feel bad about, you know, scrubbing a toilet if we have to or not, because, you know, he's been there at some point in yeah. his life, so... It's tough. No, it's it's easy to work with. Whenever you guys have visitors come in, like this year, you had uh, Ricky Ray, Fred Stamps, Roman Reigns. Are you ever just sick and tired of everyone coming directly to Dwayne? Does that ever just like come on? Why are you going straight to him? Well, again, I like I'm 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 sounding like I'm uh, a suck up right now, but I think that's a testament to his personality. Yeah, of course. Right, yeah. right. Like uh, if if he was kind of a jerk, or if people didn't like being around him, they would they wouldn't go up to him. Mm-hmm. Right, but and he wouldn't a, have been around forty nine years either. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So there's a there's a reason why he, uh, people gravitate to him, and it's it's because he's uh, such a such a good guy and such a fascinating person. We'll end on this one. I'll give you guys an opportunity to absolutely pump the tires of a member of the Eskimos, either past or present. Who is the least maintenancey player you've ever had to deal with? You just put a bag of clothes in their locker and you didn't hear from them until the end of November or does such a player exist? Well, they definitely exist. It's hard to pinpoint. It's yeah. Cause the ones that exist, you, you don't even think about cause yeah. they're the ones that are so easy going. Yeah. And you're almost kind of surprised when they do ask for something, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, but off the top of my head, there's not one player that you can just say here, go. Yeah, okay. and and there's and naturally there's going to be guys that when their gloves wear out or rip that 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 need something and uh, there there's I, I can't I think know, of like anyone over the years. There's been a few guys like I like Adarius Bowman comes to mind. Like he was pretty easy going. Yeah. Like he, okay, he pretty much took care of his own stuff. He'd just show up, practice, leave, tell a few jokes, but <laughs> he didn't really ask for a lot. Like when it was cold, I mean, he asked for a balaclava. Couldn't figure out how to say it, but <laughs> baklava. Baklava, but uh, yeah, there's a few yeah, of those players dessert, around. But like, yeah, there's there's probably more more guys that don't ask us that much stuff. Okay, we just don't really realize. I think. Okay. Yeah. When you guys are at home watching a game, I don't. Do you watch football on your time off, or do you get enough of that here? Oh, for I sure. I'll, I'll like you'll watch still football. watch. So say we'll use the the Steelers had a scary injury; they had to take off a face mask of a yep. player. When you're when you're watching a game like that. Are you just watching football? Or are you more concerned with what's that staff doing? How are they handling it? How are they doing it so quickly? Or can you turn your brain off and just watch <laughs> and just be a fan again? Well, that's funny. We were when we were on the road here just last week. Graham and I were in our room watching the game, and we make little comments about deckling of the helmets. And <laughs> yeah. What's that guy doing with his face, Mac? What kind of visor is that? And then it's you do look at the game differently, but at the same time you're still enjoying the game. But yeah, you do look at certain things like why are they putting that there? It's it's weird. I, yeah, I think I think it gives it gives us ideas as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we don't know everything, and it's important to realize that. So when you when you see an equipment manager uh, doing something, you you might want to understand why he's doing it. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's neat to see what other guys do do. Yeah, right. And just it'd be good to pick some of their brains if you could, just to see why they do things and how they're doing it. But. Because we're always, in our job, we're always learning new of stuff. Of course, right? and there's always new stuff coming out, well, right? The technology on the helmets is always changing and that kind of stuff. So it, most part, it makes our jobs a little easier, but it, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, is there any final words you'd like to say about your boss? As he, is he still here? Yeah, he's still here. <laughs> he's still here. Of course he's here. Never he's, he's never going anywhere, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm I'm sitting in his chair right now. That's probably why he's hovering over us. <laughs> he's actually folding a trainer towel right now. Yeah. Well, we're ta- we've taken over his office for a little too long. Graham Scott, Dan Rosno, thank you so much for joining us on the Eskimo Podcast. It was a ton of fun. Hopefully, we can do this again. Uh, best of luck moving forward. Best of luck as the calendar turns to a little bit more snow. And hopefully, you guys are busy until the third last week in uh, November. Yeah, the longer yeah, the better. For sure. For sure. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks, gents. Thank you.